Pastor Xavier Reese explains, the call of Scripture isn't to be thankful for all things, but through all things. Paul knew that the believers were to be marked by a great appreciation of God. We are able to thank God through the difficult times. And once we've gone through those difficult times by the hand of God, the direction of God, then I can look back and give thanks to God for those difficult times because I came out more looking like Him than me. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The simple truth of 1 Thessalonians 5 is that we as believers are to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. A tall order by any standard to be sure, left to our own devices, that is. But when Paul issued this command, he knew we do have the ability through the power of God and not of ourselves. Pastor Xavier has more in the continuation of a special holiday study begun last time titled, A Thankful Heart. Let's listen. Thanksgiving Day is to be a reflection on the goodness of God. Though people have fought it and tried to change it and whatever it is and contort the true origin of it, that's what it is. Here in our text in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He is writing to the Thessalonians who has suffered much for the gospel. And yet he told them that they needed to be thankful to God, which consists of three things. First, the responsibility to be thankful, the first part. Secondly, the reason to be thankful, the second part. And then the right access to be thankful, the third and last part. Notice that the Apostle Paul commanded the Thessalonians to give thanks and everything give thanks. Paul knew that the believers were to be marked by a great appreciation of God. The tense of the phrase give thanks is the imperative present active in the plural. This is everybody's command. Every believer, every generation, every part of the world, regardless of the culture throughout the church age. The phrase Paul uses is, in everything. Everything? This does not mean that your child gets sick. You say, oh, thank you, God. No, that's not what we're talking about. We are able to thank God through the difficult times, not for the difficult times. And once we've gone through those difficult times by the hand of God, the direction of God, the empowerment of God, then I can look back and give thanks to God for those difficult times. But I don't, I don't thank him while I'm going through them. Very, very few times do I do that. But I trust him that he's sovereign. So I thank him through those difficult times. And then when I come out through his grace and he allows me to see the benefit then I I absolutely thank him for those difficult times because I came out more looking like him than me. A believer gives thanks to God in everything and at all times, knowing he's in control. A believer gives thanks to God through everything and at all times, knowing he has the best for me and mine. The believer gives thanks to God in 
in and through everything at all times, knowing he is sufficient and able to turn what is intended for evil by some for good and to turn what appears very evil for his glory and his good. I don't know the process. I don't know how all that works. But I have so much evidence within the scriptures that I can trust him. Psalm 106, one says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. The responsibility to be thankful, listen carefully, is a command. Hopefully that command is embraced by you and I joyfully and don't see it as a command at all, but an incredible responsibility. Secondly, he gives us the reason to be thankful. The Apostle Paul declared this was the will of God. The will of God does not have the article here in the Greek. This indicates that all three commands are the will of God, not just giving of thanks, but the two that follow. Do not quench the spirit in 19. Do not despise prophecies in verse 20. These three are not exhaustive of all the will of God. It's what is indicating. The will of God extends to all areas of our life. The will of God is found from Genesis to Revelation. The will of God is the good desire and pleasure of God for his children. Man has no capacity to obey God as a natural man. Before we were Christians, you and I were self-willed, self-centered, and self-confident. Man has the capacity to obey only once he is born again. Being given a divine nature to escape the corruption of the world, as 2 Peter 1, 3-4 says. Nevertheless, though I'm born again and have this new divine nature, I still have a sin nature within me. I must reckon the old man dead. He is reckoned by faith when I'm born again, Romans 6, 6, and I must reckon him dead daily, Romans 6, 11. There's a warfare that goes on. Having the capacity to please and obey God, I alone make the decision for that moment, for that hour, for that day, whether I will or not. Again, God gives me that free will. He doesn't force me because he's looking for the evidence of my love. That's what he's looking for. Not that he doesn't know it, but he wants me to know it. A student at Northwestern University at Evanston on September the 8th in 1860 rescued 17 people from a sinking ship to the point of exhaustion. As a result, he was unable to continue in the ministry. He was so debilitated from then on. At his death at 89, it was noted that not one of the 17 persons ever came to thank him. Not one of the 17 persons, and it cost him his health all his life. Amazing. Yet God sent his holy son for us who are sinners to the max. It's a love that we can't describe, we can't define, we can't understand, we can't comprehend. We can only try to grasp and put our arms a little bit around it. It's so vast, it's so wide, it's so deep, it's so broad that not till I get to heaven and eternity will I say, wow, 
then I will comprehend it. The will of God is that our gifts and our giving of thanks not be limited to one day out of the year at Thanksgiving, but in every situation and circumstance. We've made the difference already about thanking him for things and through things. There's a difference. Every day that I'm allowed to wake up and live one more day, it's a real privilege. That I'm able to live the day as a new man by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is just amazing. Paul the Apostle told the Ephesians, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You find that in Ephesians 5.17 on down. That when that thanks comes forth, it's part and parcel of the enabling of the Holy Spirit, yet he doesn't force me again. It's a yielding, the submitting of becoming one in agreement to be one with the Father. It's an amazing thing what God does in our lives. And it can be such a commonplace that we come to the place where we're no longer grateful for these small things, but we just kind of feel entitled about even the bigger things. So I have to take stock. I have to reflect. I have to go back to basics every once in a while. The will of God is that we not thank him only when things go well or when things go my way. Otherwise, it reveals that my will is desired more than the will of God. It also reveals the contradiction to my resemblance of the family of God. And so every circumstance, every situation in life has revealed to me whether I am in agreement with God or in opposition to God, whether I am one who is grateful to God or one who feels that really God owes me something. And in God's loving patience and steadfastness, he is very patient with me, even as you as parents and I, as your children are growing up, and sometimes they say or do things that, you know, and you just, you'll know after a couple of years. Psalm 97, 12 says, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. We're told to meditate upon God. The seraphims that fly overhead, Isaiah tells us, cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Six wings, two they cover their face, two they fly at, two their feet, as they fly over the throne of God. The will of God is that we be aware that it is the spirit of grace that enables us to give proper thanks, delighting in it, yielding to it, declaring it. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. The saints of old in the scriptures as well as history were deeply marked with humility. They were very aware of their sense of unworthiness. 
That doesn't mean that you walk around with a warm complex and no, no, no. But you don't allow who you are, what you accomplish, what God does through you to inflate you. It's like if you went out into the Midwest in a wheat field and you would look just before harvest, you would see two different types of wheat heads. Those that were bent over and those that were high just being blown away by the wind. The ones being blown high were empty heads. Those who were deeply endowed by God were very humble and bowed. It really doesn't take much to puff us up. We're so easily influenced by ourselves. (laughs) The will of God is that we be thankful for his love and goodness towards us being content in every state. This is probably the hardest thing for us as Americans, contentment, because we have so much. And we are told we can have more. And it is so accessible to us. We're to be content, be it with much or little, difficulties or joyous times, even if we were in prison or were free. Certainly the... um, The standard is not our American culture, but the scriptures and the lives of those in the scriptures. And we see that very clearly. Paul put it this way in Philippians 4.11, not that um, I speak in regards to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Contentment, don't confuse it with complacency. Contentment means that I am satisfied with what God has given to me. And I'll be a steward of what he's given to me. And if there's an opportunity as a steward to multiply and to move forward, I will. But that's not my goal. Contentment means you just, you rest in God and you are a good steward, faithful. Complacency means you just don't care. You're just lazy. Now, some people who call themselves Christians because they're complacent they think they're spiritual no they're not they're just lazy (laughs) and if this is all God has for me Lord this is more than I ever deserve but I want to be a steward of what you have what you've given to me never living for it never depending on it but being content that is worth gold in life so many people are not content The reason to be thankful is that it is the will of God. Notice third and last. The right access to be thankful. The Apostle Paul stated that the ability to approach God to thank him is through Jesus. Paul used the particular title, Christ, Christos. It means the anointed Messiah, indicating deity. The the Greeks had many gods, as you know. The Thessalonians had been turned from those idols to wait for the sun from heaven to escape the wrath to come, chapter 1, verse 10 told. Paul told Timothy, Timothy 2, 5, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. A mediator is one that goes between two. So once again, Mary cannot be a mediator. The saints cannot be mediators. Virgins cannot be mediators. No mediator. The only way the only name, the only mediator. Gospel pretty clear to me. 
the way is very, very narrow. I must agree with God. He does not agree with me. The third person of the Godhead is called the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of grace, Zechariah 12, 10, and Hebrews 10, 29. The Spirit of truth that leads us into all truths about Jesus Christ, John 16, 13, and 14. He is called the Spirit of Christ in Romans 8, 9. He is Christ living in me in Galatians 2, 20 and Romans 8. Notice the Apostle Paul stated that the will of God to thank him is for those having a relationship with Jesus. The phrase in Jesus Christ speaks of a personal abiding relationship beginning with repentance from sin, continuing with transformation despite our sin nature, resting in the power of the Holy Spirit against sin. The phrase in Christ Jesus speaks of the personal dependency in this relationship also, recognizing that Jesus is the source of my new life, recognizing that apart from him, I can do nothing, recognizing the desire to work in me and through me. The phrase in Christ Jesus speaks of a personal growing relationship. I'm to become more like him, less like me. I'm to become more knowledgeable about him through the word of God. I am becoming wiser in living for him, not for myself. Notice the Apostle Paul stated that the command was desired or directed to them personally. For you, this again was despite their past sufferings for the gospel. Remember who he's talking to. He's talking to people who are suffering for the gospel to give thanks and everything. So the context is very important. Sometimes people like to use their past to defend or justify their sinfulness rationalize their um, disobedience to the commands of God. They will um, use their past to charge you with being insensitive since um, you've never walked where they've walked. The reality of the matter is that if I can identify with you as a person in what you're going through, whether it be marital or the sin life that you're coming out of or whatever it is, that's fine but it's not necessary. For who I'm preaching to you is Christ Jesus, the Lord of glory, the one who died for you and rose from the dead, and he's the one that's promised to transform you, not me. I don't have to know. I don't have to be a drug addict. I don't have to be a homosexual. I don't have to have had AIDS. I don't have to have been heroin addict. All I need to know is the one that can take care of all those things. I preach to you Christ Jesus crucified, the hope of glory. Otherwise, you can turn the tables on me, and many people do to Christians and pastors. You can't do that. We preach Christ Jesus crucified. He's the one that transforms you, regardless of what you come out of. This was despite what might happen to them in the present also, not just the past. Some of the saints lived in complete safety in some of the Roman Empire. These people were suffering. Other saints lived horrible, 
lives of persecution at that very same time. But also, regardless the future, no one knows what tomorrow will bring. There may be a time when we become unable to worship as Christians in America. How soon, how long, we see the writing on the wall. But it will happen one day. No one's assured they will be safe all their lives. No one can understand the gospel unless they're totally committed to it, recognizing that he is the one that's in control. Scary times sometimes, but he's always there right on time. Jesus one day was in the home of Simon the Pharisee, and a woman came and expressed her thankfulness to Jesus, as you know. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You see, this woman was thankful to Jesus because he had seen her as a sinner and forgiven her. Because he says, he who loves much is forgiven much. Or literally, he who's forgiven much, the response is to love much. And he told Simon, do you see this woman? Simon the Pharisee saw a whore. He said in, underneath his breath, if this man were from God, he would know what manner of woman this is. Well, those that are forgiven much love much. Bottom line, how thankful we should be for Jesus dying for our sins, having forgiven us, having made us new creatures, having imparted to us a divine nature. How thankful we should be for the illuminating power of the Holy Spirit to teach us, to lead us, to empower us, to warn us, to quicken our minds. How grateful we're to be for the high priest that we have in Christ Jesus that we can go before the, before the throne of grace in time of need as Hebrews chapter 4, 14, 15, and 16. Anytime. After the order of Melchizedek, a non-transferable priesthood, it stops with him. Colossians three seventeen says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ, or the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. The right access to be thankful is through the Son of God. So remember who really we owe our thanks to. It's just his mercy and grace. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to be thankful. He said the responsibility to be thankful is commanded to the children of God. The reason to be thankful is that it is the will of God. And the right access to be thankful is through the Son of God. It is going to be amazing to meet these men and women when we get to heaven. Paul the Apostle, Barnabas, Elijah, Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, it's going to be an incredible. Noah. A lot of questions for Noah. 
God is so good. Pastor Xavier Reese with a special Thanksgiving study today of Scripture's encouragement to give thanks in everything, expounding on Paul's command of 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And thus today's study has been titled A Thankful Heart and is available on CD upon request for just $4. We'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is A Thankful Heart or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 